Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you only fuck that. Black dude, holler. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cookie? Are uh, you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle no... Now I'm telling your short ass he can't handle no goddamn milk cookie. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cal Morris. It's what fucking day is it? Uh, February 5th, 2019. It's a Tuesday night. Uh, yeah, I figured I'd pop in here. Uh, my man Shaheen from the Hot Tag Podcast loaded me the fuck up with topics, so I'm going to run through all that shit in a minute. But, um, you know, a few things I had on my mind from the start that I knew there was no question in my mind I was doing a show this week. Uh, number one is the Super Bowl, right? Um, so let me just get into that. Let's just start off, knock the Super Bowl out of the way for any non-football fans. Um, you know, uh, you know, they, they're entitled to their own type of lifestyle. Uh, we'll just knock this out of the way in case it, it bores any of you guys. But, uh, look, all right. Um, obviously very, very boring Super Bowl. It was a defensive battle, but to me, you know, it wasn't like the type of defensive, because I've seen some defensive games that were just exciting as fuck. Uh, you know, some of the stuff Khalil Mack was doing this year was just bananas and, and the type of shit you could watch with them. It was like, um, you know, 
furious defenses. I mean, you got to look. Uh, I think they had four sacks on Jared Goff. Um, they had one sack on Tom Brady. You know what I mean? So, I know he gets off the ball really quick and stuff. So, just because he was being stopped doesn't mean he was being sacked. You know, Brady's not the type to just sit back there and take sacks. He definitely knows how to get rid of the ball when needed. Um, so, there's that. I mean, it, it, it's just um, it was a boring, slow, dragging defensive battle, um, which, you know, that's fine. I mean, you know, um, I mean, it's I mean, l- let's be honest. It was fucking terrible. Um, but, you know, those defenses are out there playing. They're trying to stop the offense. So if that happens for fucking four quarters, I mean, that's that's their job. Um, it's just crazy because um, obviously you had the Los Angeles Rams who, um, uh, I mean, the, the Pats got in there in overtime against the Chiefs. The Chiefs had a Monday night football game against the Rams that was the highest scoring Monday night football game of all time. So we were potentially just one scoring play away from the rematch of Patrick Mahomes versus Jared Goff in the Super Bowl, possibly scoring 50 plus points apiece if they repeated their performance from the Monday night football game. So you go from that to what we got. And um, yeah, it was rough. It was, it was really rough and slow to watch. I was hyped standing up fucking uh, like amped before the fucking game. And it just took the fucking energy out of you. Cause you sat there fucking three points forever. It was just, just nothing there. Uh, pretty fucking brutal. Um, and look, I don't give a fuck if Todd Gurley's doctor knocked on my fucking door right now and said, Hey man, uh, gave Todd Gurley a completely, uh, clean bill of health. Nothing wrong with that guy at all. I still wouldn't fucking believe him. There's not a chance in hell that Todd Gurley is not fucking injured. He was the best hands down best running back in the entire NFL for the majority of this season and last season. And he got hurt. He came back supposedly a hundred percent, this and that they had Anderson who they were, um, you know, putting a lot of the, uh, the rushing attempts on, which is fine. If you want to say, you know, Anderson's the hot hand, they're going with him. You know, he, he put it on the fucking Cowboys. Um, you know, Anderson was really putting in work and it was like, shit, man, all of a sudden went from them having, one of the most dominant running backs in the league to them having this one, two punch because man, when Gurley gets back and he's fucking healthy. Now you got Anderson playing how he's playing, giving rest downs to Gurley. And now Gurley is just going to come in and dominate the fucking game. Like who is going to stop their running attack? Well, clearly that wasn't even an issue. Todd Gurley had 35 fucking yards on 10 carries in the Super Bowl. There is not a fucking chance you're going to sell to me that he wasn't, he wasn't still hurt. There's no way. There's no way. I know that's one of those things you don't want to give away to the opponent that he's coming in not 100%. But they're still after the game saying, like, no, no, no. Just, uh, you know, I need to get around getting the ball to him. I mean, it was for the fucking Super Bowl. Like, don't, don't bullshit me. Uh, you know, that fucking guy went from dominant all the way through to, oh, yeah, we just didn't use him as much and uh, things didn't pan out. I mean, they had no fucking answers. Three points all fucking game. They had no answers. And you're telling me Todd Gurley was 100% healthy. Fucking bullshit. Don't buy it at all. So, anyway, congrats to Pats. I'm not a Pat hater. 
Um, the other thing I got to, you know, put out there straight up, and um, you know, I put something on Facebook because it was just fucking getting to me. I- I've had enough of this shit, man. Like, I- I'm a Joe Montana guy forever. Um, I'll always consider Joe Montana the GOAT. Obviously, I am a fucking very, very biased fan. I'm a diehard 49er fan. But 4-0, Montana never lost the fucking Super Bowl. Um, if he showed up to nine Super Bowls, I'd imagine he'd pull at least six in because he, he'd never lost the Super Bowl. Um, so that's, that's my personal opinion on as far as the greatest of all time. Again, I'm biased, but, um, and there's been, you know, a lot of rules over the years that's changed to help the quarterback out and stuff like this. Having said that, all the other quarterbacks in this era had the same playing field as Tom Brady and Tom Brady went to fucking nine Super Bowls. Do you understand it? Like all these fucking teams that have never, ever been to a Super Bowl, like the fucking Eagles until last year. Nine. And there's still teams that have not in franchise history been to the fucking Super Bowl. Like even been there. Let alone winning one. This fucking guy in his career, he's played for like fucking 20 years or close to 20 years. This isn't like a stat show, so don't you know call me on any one of these things. They're a little, uh, little off. But look, he had just about a 20-year career right up around there. This motherfucker has gone to the Super Bowl. Half of the years he's been in the fucking league. Straight up. This fucking guy won six goddamn Super Bowls. With a lot of the time, including this year, a pretty fucking stripped down offense. That, you know, that Rams team was fucking like like an all-star squad. That was a paid-for team. Top to fucking bottom. They went out there and they got every fucking free agent they could. They did whatever they had to do to stack that fucking team top to bottom. And when it came down to it, you had a fucking bare bones fucking Tom Brady and a bunch of fucking white wide receivers for the most part. And just fucking still won the goddamn Super Bowl. Yeah, you got to give this guy credit. I mean, if you're really going to fucking go, oh, you fucking cheating Tom Brady and fucking the Patriots cheat. You're fucking stupid. You're like a flat earther in, in football fan form. That that's all you are. Your team's not winning. You're mad as fuck. So like you could just go. Isn't that the guy who deflated the ball? Like you got to be fucking kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Because like again, all these rules apply to all these quarterbacks, all these teams. There's motherfuckers out there who can't land one fucking Super Bowl, and this fucking guy successfully won six fucking Super Bowls. And it's not. Hey, this fucking beast defensive team carried this fucking guy. Da 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 da. You know what I mean? Uh, like, let's be honest. Like, people want to talk all this cap shit, cap this, cap that. I'm a fucking diehard Niner fan. Without that beast 49er defense, he wouldn't have gone to the Super Bowl in his fucking career. There's not a chance in hell that Colin Kaepernick would have gone to the Super Bowl. He did some shit along the way. I'm not saying he didn't have some great games and make some good plays. But without that beast fucking defense of fucking Patrick Willis and crew back there, I, they didn't come near the fucking Super Bowl. So when you're talking about the, the Patriots defense, who for a lot of the year were not strong, they were definitely not that strong to hold one of the most high-powered fucking offenses, the three points in the fucking Super Bowl. I mean, that was a huge step-up performance. Huge step-up performance. And um, I mean, their their running defense was supposedly pretty bad, especially towards the end of the year. Like, the, you know, what they clocked in at was not a high-ranked run defense, not one of the top-run defenses. 
They weren't shutting teams down. To hold Todd Gurley to 35 yards is miraculous. But beyond all of that, again, you look on paper across the board, who's the fucking best in the league out of these Patriots? But, again, 41-year-old Tom Brady pulls in another motherfucking Super Bowl. Give credit where credit is due, for Christ's sakes. Hey, stop it. Just, oh, you're fucking cheating. And that, it makes you sound stupid is what it does. It makes you sound like you're not really a football fan. Like you just uh, you tuned in for the Super Bowl, for the commercials, and now you're going to be angry on the side. Either that or like you're so disgruntled over your team not being there and this motherfucker being there nine fucking times <laughs> in his career. I mean, that, that's the only thing I could chalk it up to. Because y'all motherfuckers look stupid as shit at this point. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty much, I think, everything I got to say about that shit. Um, you know, give Tom his fucking credit. And the motherfucker's still playing. You know, goddamn well he has no reason on the fucking planet to even play ball anymore. There's There's no reason for him to fucking play football. Everyone was like, yeah, if he wins this, he's done. I don't know if you heard the man. But he's been on fucking interviews for the past couple of years going, yeah, I'm looking at like 45. And, and he's another guy. Again, the guy has avoided injury for all these fucking years. You can put whatever rules you want in play. You can put whatever, you know, um, whatever, whatever you want to put in play. Everybody's had these fucking, these rules. And look at motherfuckers who are out with major, major injuries. He had one big fucking injury and that was it. Came back from that, this motherfucker's a Super Bowl machine. That It's an absolute legacy for a team to go down there and be in nine Super Bowls, let alone win six. I mean, if they lost nine, it would be a fucking tragedy. But but still, absolutely dominant on, on the AFC side of the ball, regardless of the situation, right? So, um... So yeah, that's that's that. Um, the other thing that I really, really wanted to get into, and was a big part of why I uh, want to make sure I did a fucking show is um, Captain Dave. Um, I'm scrolling down the reason why I'm talking a little bit slow because I'm trying to get to uh, one of the one of the posts that has these fucks names that he uh, had a problem with because quite honestly um, guys like Captain Dave uh, these guys support dog shit companies and they'll support it like they're going to fucking wrestlemania and you know for anybody you know whether you are you know running fucking wwe or whether you're running fucking shithole wrestling like dave was attempting to uh attend uh let me just scroll down here and find this real quick um It, um, yeah, it's crazy to fucking shit on your fucking, uh, your fans. To have any kind of, like, you know, view towards this person or that person or whatever. Like, when it comes down to you being, running a company and having a stance like that. And just being that arrogant to just, like, say shit to people's faces and all that. Like, I, you know, I understand, um... I'm not a sensitive dude as far as that. Like, you know, you, you hear me throw around retard and faggot and all sorts of things on my show. And and I'm not really shy about it. I don't really, I don't really care, you know, about, um, a word or, 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 um, 
or anything along those lines. That that doesn't really like bump me at all. But when you get a guy that that is as kind-hearted as as Dave, who goes to a show and and supports and continues to like pump that shit up as if it was the best fucking thing in the world and nobody nobody else in that fucking building feels that way about that company. I guarantee fucking to you. The majority of the fucking wrestlers, if they're worth anything at all, it's a small fucking payday that they're doing to fill time and a couple extra bucks. The rest of the fucking people are probably unpaid fucking students, fucking jobber, fucking indie, shindy, all-stars. And that's it. The show means nothing to anybody. Like, it's bizarre for it to be, um, you know, glorified as anything but that. So, uh, let me see. What This is uh, Crossroads Wrestling is the name of the uh, shindy. So, this fucking guy, um, let me see. I know I had his fucking name up here before. Shit. I, you know, I just don't prepare myself. Um, that's why uh, there'll always be more professional podcasts than me. There'll always be people who are, um, you know, fucking stat, stat crunching fucking nerds who are going to sit there, uh, you know, giving you the full rundown on what every wrestler's done in his career and where he's at at the moment and all that other horse shit. Um, some of these people can't keep my name out of their mouth, and that's its own separate topic that uh, not e- I don't really even have to touch on. I, d- I just know that, um, you know, some people seem to like me a lot. I, I mean, unfortunately for them, that's I'm not really into to um to dudes yeah i mean like so unfortunately even though they have like a certain um they feel like we've bonded because i've talked about them on the show and and things like of that nature they they seem to think i have some kind of relationship with them now but as i said after i said what i said the first time i know i'm being vague but i'm just not giving motherfuckers that type of airtime um Go play with your fucking friends, man. I'm not like you. I'm not like you at all. Not even close. So you could tag me on Facebook and shit and on Twitter and at me and all of that shit. Go suck a dick, man. And I mean, you're not like me. You're never going to be like me in a million fucking years. Your entire family tree isn't nearly like me. Yeah, I mean, the whole group of you motherfuckers could get together for Thanksgiving and I and you couldn't hold a fucking candle to who I am. So go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean. So, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you probably go back, put shit together. I'm not saying his little faggot ass name on my show. Um, so anyway, um, this dude, Jesus Christ, why can't, I found this fucking dude's name earlier, like real, real quick. Um, I sent a picture to somebody. Let me, let me find that real quick. It's like the, okay. Rob Woodward Jr. apparently is the, uh, owner of this company, unless I'm wrong. He is a fat Z-bar looking motherfucker from the picture I saw on uh, Facebook. So I guess um, Captain Dave and his girlfriend went down there to uh, Crossroads Wrestling. For for what reason? I don't fucking know. Again, like this is, these shindy companies should, they should be praying in the building when the fucking 25 fans walk through the door every time. Just like, holy shit, it's a miracle that anyone shows up to this shit. It's crazy. Um, and, uh, they showed up, I guess, early, probably early because these cats are hyped for bullshit. These shows are garbage and these motherfuckers are waiting for your doors to open. 
You should be kissing their ass when those fucking doors open. You should have fucking bathroom service like fucking, like like high end fucking uh, restaurants and shit. His girlfriend had to use the bathroom, and apparently, um, uh, one of the guys like was nasty to him and called him a retard or some kind of shit like this. And then like came at him like, yeah, like you're not gonna film any of your shit in here tonight. First off, motherfucker. If you guys had a WWE-level fucking film crew, what you put on at Crossroads Wrestling couldn't make a fucking dollar. You couldn't make a dollar with footage of that shit with the best fucking camera crew on the planet. So if you're really going to take some kind of high stance, look, I understand when people are like, oh, no filming, no filming, no filming. I, I get it because, you know, DVD sales and shit like, let's not even pretend like you have DVD sales, internet, fucking streaming, anything. It's Crossroads Wrestling. I didn't even know it fucking existed in- until Captain Dave had a problem there. You know what I mean? That's how far under the radar you fly. You have to offend somebody personally for anyone to even know you existed. And then I look at your flyer and shit, and it's like, the biggest fucking name on there is Frankie Picard, who's like, look, Frankie took a complete stance against these dudes and said, it, you know, it's completely terrible and he wouldn't stand by anything and da 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 da. And it seems like anybody who's anybody, you know, anybody who might have stopped by there seems to be standing out saying, I would never fucking work for these people again and good for them. Frankie's crazy delusional. I heard him on a death match the other day and holy shit, that dude's delusional. But, um... This dude actually said, just sidebar real quick, uh, this dude actually said to Deathmatch, um, he wants to wrestle Gage, and he said, uh, you know, that would be like strong style, meaning himself, versus ultra-violent, meaning Gage, and strong style versus ultra-violent, like, really hasn't even been done before. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let you, you know... Rock with that. Yeah, I mean, just just think about that statement. But anyway, yeah, so fuck these crossway, uh, crossroad uh, wrestling uh, motherfuckers. Like, it's just, it's absolute trash. I have no respect for shindies to begin with. Like, it's just, it's crazy. And, like, I used to go to a couple shindies, and, um, you know, because they were, like, local, and they were actually better than shindies, I'd say. Um, Because some of them were, like, NWA spinoffs and this and that. Back when I was going to them, it was, you know, early 2000s and shit. So that's when I started seeing, like, backseats and stuff like that over, you know, Tom's River shows and shit like that. So I, I would see, like, these guys who ended up being indie stars. And, um, like, the Donnie B shows were, like, that next level indie. You started seeing it, and they still had their, like, you know, little TV names versus, you know, this guy or that guy on, on the main event. But, like, mid-card, man, you had fucking Christopher Daniels with the fucking blonde fucking crew cut still. You know, you, you had the back seats, you had fucking all sorts of motherfuckers. And um, that's when I started seeing, like, the, the indie companies. But I, I had no idea of any actual indie companies that were doing something a little bigger. When I was introduced to CZW, you know, February 2001 was my first show. Um, that's when I started really, like, looking like, man, like, people are actually putting out a product, you know, that has its own identity, that has its own something you can follow that's not just, like, a little, like, hold-me-over bullshit show with a guy you used to watch on TV on the main with a bunch of people who kind of don't belong in this shit on the, on the mid-card or, or low-card. 
because that's how a lot of these fucking shindies are. It's like, at best, like, seriously, if your fucking main event is Frankie Picard and everybody underneath you've heard of far less, you don't belong running. I don't give a fuck. I mean, if you're running some kind of student show to try to get these guys a little bit of reps and stuff, I get that. But as far as being like some kind of actual reputable company or, or ex- at least consider yourself reputable, it's fucking trash. Absolute fucking trash. You understand, like, when I would go to some of these shows that, that, that had 30 or 50 people, I mean, to 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 mock people's disabilities when you're running a fucking show that half the time when you walk in, there's almost like a disabled section. Like, you would turn and you'd see just, like, a line of wheels. There'd be, like, eight, nine wheelchairs and, like, a total of uh, 45 people in attendance. So now I'm not big on math. But that's about a quarter of your motherfucking attendance, you know? And, uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, for for you to really be shitting on people for any given reason. I'm not, I'm not one of these sweethearts, man. I'm not one of these motherfuckers. You should be nice to everyone. It's just not fair. It's not right to judge. And I'm not really like that. But if you're running a motherfucking business and somebody's paying for your fucking product, someone is gracing you with their motherfucking wallet the very least you could do is be nice to their motherfucking face the one person i see who's retarded here is the the guy who's taking people's money and spitting at them <laughs> while they're fucking handing the money that that's the only retard i see here the only retard i see is the guy who fucking looked a customer in the face and disrespected him and, and thought that that shit was just going to work out for his business model it's fucking ridiculous. Shout out to Captain Dave and his girlfriend. And obviously, um, something happened, you know, where I, I don't know, I guess I got kicked out or, or they left there or whatever the case was. I think they went down to um, to Philly to the uh, MLW show, which, look, a gift and a curse, man, because or uh, a blessing in disguise, whatever you want to say, because um, that, that show is booked like a motherfucker. That show had crazy booking, you know, stars all over the fucking card. I mean, big fucking house, everything else. So if anything, you won. Captain Dave 100% won. He fucking went and he got a good fucking show for his for his money. And, um, you know, he got some great entertainment. So anybody with half a brain would welcome Captain Dave with open arms and allow him to do every fucking thing that makes him happy in that building this dude he runs down to recap of that thing and you could see the excitement you know the excitement that he has for the product you guys are putting out is something that does not come around every day you don't you don't just get everybody all hyped like that they might be going to just hang out with their friends they might be going and i mean you you're, you're gonna get like critical assholes like me who are going to show up and fucking pick your product apart because I got a high fucking standard because I've seen way, way better shit than a lot of the things that have gone on. And I hold things to that standard. But you can get a guy like Captain Dave who's just going to go out and have a great fucking time regardless of what kind of bullshit you feed him. You know? He can tell you what he really likes, but at the end of the day, when he he shows up at a show, he's going to enjoy himself. For sure. And that's someone you should fucking cherish, man. I hope these other promoters out there fucking hook this dude up and make this guy look like a complete asshole. Like, look, this is how we treat our loyal fans. 
So yeah, that that that's about it, you know, with that. I mean, it's uh to me it's just fucking crazy that people would take that uh that route and just be that arrogant. But I mean, it's not surprising though cuz I I've just seen so many dickheads in life that it, it's kind of to be expected. You know, it's something I got to speak on. I got to mention it and stuff because I, you know, I, I love Captain Dave. He's he's a great dude. I've had a couple conversations with him and everything, and he's always been a great dude. I mean, there's there's not like um he he might get fired up too. He might yell at the fucking heels or you know get really really into it and shit, and you'd be like, oh man, he's he's you know a little overboard tonight, but motherfucker's passionate about it. You know, he loves this shit. Um, so. Yeah, big shout out to Captain Dave. Um, so let's let's go into man. Shaheen hooked me up with a million fucking topics, so I'm just gonna run these fucking things down. And um, a lot of them are for last from last week, and because uh, I man, I put out these calls for topics and stuff, and a lot of times I don't get a ton of response. Um, so you know, I had I had definitely enough to do my show last week. So I did the thing and then uh, finished the show and Shaheen listened. He's like, oh, shit, I didn't even see your post, man. I, you could do another show right now based off of the shit I got. I'm like, oh, well, shit, I will, we'll just hit that next week because there ain't going to be another right now shit. I, I don't have that type of time or uh, podcast dedication. Um, so anyway, uh, here, here's the topics. We'll just run it down. I'll give you my thoughts. Drew Chaos, or as as uh, wiser folks would know, Drew Chahos retires at H2O. Um, look, I, I've said this a million times. Uh, Drew is absolutely the best deathmatch photographer on the indies. He's an amazing ringside photographer. I, I feel that um, what he puts out there betters the company. I feel that... that his product presents um, what you guys are doing out there as wrestlers as complete art. This guy captures moments better than anybody else I've ever seen. Um, this other dude, Earl Gardner, I think his name is. He's fucking nice, too. Um, but these are guys that, you know, they, they do something really, really special with that fucking camera. You know, I, I went out there and I shot a couple ringside shows and look, man, I got some, I got some good pictures, you know, I mean, based on fucking zero experience with the, um, uh, through the kindness of fat Frank, he, um, allowed me to shoot ringside and, uh, you know, then from there, Pierre continued to have me and, uh, I, I really, really appreciated that. It was like, uh, kind of like a bucket list type thing you know, knock it off, was never looking for it to be a full-time thing. I never pushed and asked every company, Hey, can I shoot? Can I shoot? You know, it just was what it was. Um, I enjoyed doing it, but man, you also, you know, gained a lot of respect for the people who do it out there. Um, I don't respect Hamhead. He's a piece of shit. Um, and you know, he, he's put out some good pictures too, but with him to me, it's repetition. There's no art to what he does. It's repetition. Um, he might spend a lot of time editing and sure that's hard work. Um, takes a lot of time and hours and all of that stuff. Um, and, uh, but you know, you can see him shooting the way he shoots and, uh, it's just, you know, it's just repetition thousand, 2000 pictures per show and then pull out the ones that came out good. You know, these cameras, these cameras fire off pretty fast. So, 
you know, you get the right settings and know what you're doing and figure out what works in different settings. Just based off of reps, you can, you can pump out some pretty good fucking shots. Um, but one thing you can't learn is the artistic eye that, you know, guys like, like, uh, Drew Chahos has. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, you go look at, uh, Burning Hammer Photography, I believe is his, uh, his, his, uh, tag on, uh, Instagram or whatever the case is. Um, he's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, Having said that, as a wrestler, I've never thought he belonged in there at all. Now, again, I mean, you know, when we're dealing with the land of shindies and brother, 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 everyone's everybody's brother, everyone loves each other, everyone pats each other on the back. Look, as far as I know, Drew's a great dude. So why wouldn't his friends encourage him to do wrestling if that's what he wants to do? You know, in in a world where DJ Hyde exists in the business and, and forces his way into matches and then buys one of the biggest indie companies and then just has his way with it until people eventually all walk away. Uh, I mean, why, why shouldn't a guy who's been dying to wrestle who, who wants to wrestle just fucking try his hand at it and enjoy it and do what he wants to do. Obviously, you know, um, the, the wrestling business and especially indie wrestling is not narrowed down to only the best than everybody else goes home. I, there's companies full of absolute trash. So, again, I judge things on the level of the things that I enjoy and the guys who I think are good and the guys who I think aren't. And, you know, I, I judge things on those um, uh, by those standards. And I've always thought he was absolute trash in the ring. There was a point when he was, you know, he, he was super overweight. I mean, the, the guy could barely walk. Now, he got the surgery, lost all that fucking weight. But, like, before that, he could barely fucking walk. Like, he was hobbling walking. And then he's getting in the ring and trying to stop it, man. Cut that shit out. You know? And, and then he lost all the fucking weight through the surgery. And he's out there without a shirt. Shit, it's disgusting, man. He's holding his fucking stomach in the air. I, I'm not one of these fucking... Uh, enough with this body shaming isn't... Let me just cut away for it. Let me... All right. So, so Drew, again, he lived his fucking dream. He went out there. He did the shit that he wanted to do. And it made him happy, so that's all that fucking matters. Was he one of the best deathmatch wrestlers of all time? Absolutely not. I don't think he'd tell you he was. I don't think anyone would tell you he was. So it served its purpose in doing something he always wanted to do. I I hope he continues to just go back and just murder it as a photographer. He's fucking amazing. I'm not saying that I have no reason to say anything nice. I don't. I don't give a fuck about the entire business for the most part. So when it comes down to it, like it, it just, it's, it's quality fucking work and there, there's no reason not to, um, to put it over. So now like I almost went in that direction anyway. And, uh, I just want to close out the Drew thing cause I'm not specifically just talking about him and, you know, attacking him or whatever, but the body shaming 2018, 2019, all this, go fuck yourself. All right. Fat isn't fucking beautiful. It's not, it's really not. Anytime someone loses weight, they go, you look great, you look great. That's not because fat was also a gorgeous option, and now they wound up smaller and everything's wonderful, but, like, oh, it was just as good before. You know, uh, more or less, they're they're protecting people's um, emotions and their, their sensitivity. So people aren't jumping off of bridges because they're overweight, which I completely understand. I'm not promoting people jumping off bridges because they're overweight. But when it's, it's, 
when the whole tide is turned in the direction of, oh, oh, big is beautiful, and oh, she's just thick, or he's just thick, and well, you don't even hear dudes calling themselves thick, but, and, and it's just like morbidly obese is, is like the actual term for it. It's just, it's not good. It's not healthy. And it's definitely not the preferred look. I'm not saying you snap your fucking fingers, it's easy, but you either fucking try or you don't. And there's a very, very clear line between trying and not trying. And when you see people one minute speaking all that shit and fucking body positivity and this and that, and then the next fucking post is about like fucking putting syrup on their fucking donuts and fucking pounding those with a fucking hamburger in between them and shit, like don't bullshit me about, you know, hey, like, uh, you, you can't judge the fuck I can't. I'll judge until I fucking die. I don't give a fuck if you like me or not. That's it. Uh, motherfuckers who are healthy get all the fucking praise in the world as far as, oh, you look great. You're doing good. You're doing good. Why? Why is that? Because it's just the same? No, it's not. It's absolutely not. You know? And, and I understand it's easier for some people than others. And fuck you for anyone who thinks it's just easy for me because my metabolism is dope, but I got a good metabolism, uh, metabolism, but uh, I'm 40, almost 41 years old and I'm still fucking working circles around fucking a lot of people who are in their twenties. So, but including myself when I was in my twenties, I'm working harder now than I was when I was in my fucking twenties. So, yeah, I mean, I'll pat myself on the back for what the fuck I do, but beyond that like uh, there's so many other people out there that could work fucking hard instead of fucking just taking to the internet and trying to make everybody fucking rally behind their fucking their lack of effort complete lack of effort they're just gonna fucking just bail on everything and then just go like fuck that you hear you hear that person call me fat the other day let's go get him like don't get him i mean just fucking run around the block three times then go get him and see see if maybe that helps you out a little bit better you know I just, I don't know. I'm just not with it. Um, Tremont is still calling out Cody Rhodes. Good. I mean, look, I hope this winds up in an AEW thing. Because obviously AEW is going to be the big fucking thing. I I really, I have high hopes for AEW. I'll tell you why. Um, It's pretty much built like an indie company. With the backing of a major company. Um, there's not been many companies who have had this type of um, vision and thought process behind how they're going to book their cards and how they're going to do this and that. And obviously there's a lot of speculation because I don't know what the fuck their full-on plan is, but kind of like the way that they booked their all-in show, that's booked like an indie super card. So now if they're building, building their roster and their direction behind this and their main events are going to be like indie main events, I mean, I think you, you're on to something. With millions and millions of dollars backing them, not just some jerk off that's hoping to, you know, make a couple bucks and nickel and dime and all that shit. And like, oh, we can't afford this talent. I know, you know, you want to see this guy, but we can't just fly in that guy every month because he's super expensive. And uh, he just moved uh, two states over. When you fly out of fucking, uh, you know, um, this this airport. It's about $150 more than where we used to fly him out of, and we really can't. I know you guys like to see him, but it just doesn't pay for, um, you know, the rent in the building. And, you know, I mean, you're talking about a company that's just going to lock in and fucking do what the fuck they want to do. I'm hoping that they add some form of hardcore. I don't know that they go all the way into deathmatch because that seems like way too dicey with the PG, PG-13. PG 
I'm interested to see where they go as far as um, rating. Um, do they do some kind of edgy stuff? Do they push the envelope where WWE has kind of handcuffed themselves a little bit? Uh, you know, they they skate around the edges and stuff. I don't think this is the PG era. I think the PG era died a while ago. Um, there was, there's been a little bit more wild shit that's happened since that old PG era stuff. Um, I don't watch WWE currently, but you know, I, I've seen a couple things that made me go, maybe they're PG 13 now, not, not, a certainly not attitude era, but if you go, you know, comparing attitude era to everything else, we're just not going to get that in the WWE again, my opinion. Um, but again, I don't, I don't watch it often enough to know if they even did, um, uh, where will uh, Omega go? I mean, I, I I think it would be bizarre if he didn't go to AEW because that's like his crew. I mean, that that's 100% his crew. So I feel like they're teasing it and everything is going to be like the big bombshell, but it's weird because it's like the big bombshell that everyone already knew. Um, I mean, he might be weighing his options. I'm sure he's getting a lot of big fucking offers and stuff, but um, I would imagine that he tries to really fucking – pump this fucking company up and and put out top-notch shit with them uh omega is the best i mean he's just an absolutely outstanding wrestler and um yeah as, as many people put the best in the world i mean he very well may be um i think he is um so yeah i i can't imagine him not being a huge huge part of aew and its success um so that's that's uh you know that that's how I feel about that. Um I I really again just going back to Tremont real quick. I I I do hope that they pull that off. I hope they do some kind of brawl slash hardcore, maybe TLC kind of match and put that shit on in um in AEW. You know? Have him call him out, have him call him out. You know, do some kind of programs, run some kind of shit, do, you know, do some old fucking wild lights out, fucking lights on, Tremont standing in the ring, you know, like that type of shit. Like, I would really love to see AEW bring back the element of surprise. That's the other thing, because it's so, it's so telegraphed now that now every time someone signs into WWE, you know, six months before that, they're doing their farewell tours, they're doing their this, their that. If these contracts aren't exclusive, People could just spin AEW, and you're like, oh, fuck, that's that dude, you know what I mean? So maybe, maybe that they could bring back the elements of surprise to um, television wrestling, which I think would be very, very big and very cool. I'm definitely going to give it a shot, even though I don't watch wrestling. I'm going to give it a shot whenever they do sign a TV deal and watch, like, the first maybe month of programming. I just see if they hook me, see what they're about. See what the you know they're putting out there, and just go from there, you know. Um, do I think AEW will kill the indies or work with the others? Um, if they're not doing exclusive contracts, they're not trying to kill the indies. Um, I, I think it's weird that they're not doing exclusive contracts because if they are trying to put out like a weekly television show, um, that does put a pretty high demand on their talent to be available. Um, sure you could work other shows, but again, you don't want, you know, Joey Janela doing a fucking ladder match, bumping all over the fucking place if you need that dude to work, you know, 
on on your TV show, you know. So um, not really sure on you know how much of that they're gonna want to see, you know, as far as big big like brutal matches that they're they're really putting themselves all out there, and then you know seeing what's left for their television program. I mean, I'm sure guys are going to be able to, um, you know, work a little bit lighter here and there and, and try to, you know, protect themselves a little bit more if they know the big money is with this company to, you know, keep them stuff fresh. But shit does happen. You know, shit definitely does happen as far as injuries and random things like that. And, um, you know, I, I guess we'll have to just cross that bridge when we get there and see what they do. I don't think they're going to kill the indies. I think they're just going to kind of be the big fish in the indies. And again, you know, these people could just pop up on a show. You don't know if they're there for good. You don't know if they're just swinging through. That's, that's definitely a a plus about the non-exclusive contracts because you're not going to know that this guy's just locked down or not, or that, you know, they could pay a guy for an appearance and he could just go away. They could really test out talent show to show basis where it's not as, um, you know, locked in and definite as, you know, these, uh, you know, some of the TNA deals or the um, WWE on a higher level, you know, as far as really, really locked down. So it's it's interesting. Um, GCW announces a Philly date. Do I see wrestling returning to Philly more often? No, not really, because it's like if I, I, I also, again, I, I'm so disconnected from so much of it, but um, I mean, they did some shit in Philly with uh, CCW with the arena. So maybe they loosen the grip on, uh, you know, what's allowed there. Cause I know at some point it was like, yeah, like fucking no chairs or you know, like we're against chair shots and, uh, no blood. If, if a guy, uh, you know, gets bust open, he, you got to take him to the back right away. Obviously things have kind of let up quite a bit because they were doing all sorts of shit at cage of death and, uh, bleeding buckets in the cage and all that shit. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe because I think that was one of the biggest things all of a sudden Jersey became, and it's not just deathmatch wrestling, but to at least speak towards the deathmatch wrestling thing, you know, when GCW is doing what they're doing, if they had to completely sanitize their product, I mean, they've done great shit with, you know, uh, Janela spring break and shit like that and not done deathmatches. So they're able to do those type of shows. But if you're going to try to like move your, your fan base, like, Hey, hop over to Philly, watch this show, but we don't have that. Some people might go, I'll sit out that they got fucking, no rope barbed wire next month over here in Jersey. I'll just wait for that one. Yeah, you know I mean, like shit like that. But it's really, I mean, the floodgates seem to have opened for places to go and things. I mean, they're doing a, this June Kasai show is in fucking showboat. <laughs> showboat fucking casino, hotel and casino. I think it's both still a hotel and casino, right? It didn't like narrow down to just a hotel or what? I don't know. I, I thought showboat was gone. I think it was for a while, and then I guess they came back. But it's it's fucking baffling to me that they're doing like a show with death matches, like right there on the strip in fucking uh, Atlantic City. Wild, fucking crazy, wild. Um, speaking of Kasai, I watched that uh Kasai Christmas Freedom show. I didn't know, not the show. I watched the match. Uh, Kasai Takeda fucking bananas like these fucking guys are the craziest motherfuckers on the planets uh, on the the planets yeah i I, until somebody shows me otherwise all the fucking planets because 
I don't know that there's a better deathmatch wrestler on Venus or Mars or one of these motherfuckers. It's not even comfortable to live there, let alone wrestle deathmatches. So um, I'd have to say, uh, you know, Jun Kazai, I mean, to me, he's hands down clearly the best ever in deathmatch wrestling. Um, and and Takeda's just out of his fucking mind. I mean, these guys did fucking tubes, like probably four or five panes of glass, uh, thumbtacks, staple gun, like tongue staple gun spots and all that shit. Razor boards. They had a fork board, like a, a board with a fucking bunch of plastic forks sticking up. The ones that the fucking ends snap off on you and shit. Uh, they had like a meat cleaver that they were like fucking legitimately like sticking in each other's forehead. He tried to, like, stick it in Kasai's forehead where it, like, stayed, and he turned around and, like, to show the crowd, but it fell out. I mean, it just just the insane amount of shit. They both had that, like, that wife-beater back fucking craziness, crimson masks, and we're still doing, like, crazy moves. Kasai stuck fucking skewers in fucking Takeda's back and hit him with a driver. <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck? I mean... This is really just like the pinnacle of deathmatch wrestling is when you watch Jun Kasai wrestle. And, you know, people keep saying, like, he's he's about to wrap it up. This is about to be it for him. I, I wouldn't blame him if he stopped fucking today because he's still doing the craziest shit on the planet. It's not like he's winding down. He's not, like, surviving off gimmicks like Onita. And I know Onita's a lot older and shit, but I'm, I'm not an Onita guy. Um that fucking guy shows up with the fucking fireball in one pocket, fucking fake blood in the other, missed the an exploding bat, fucking, like, he's, he's just got, like, a fucking gear full of gimmicks and shit to try to make something fucking pop the crowd. He, I think he's a lot more um, a bells and whistles than actual performance. I don't think you're ever getting performance out of Onita again. Um and again, I know he's in an advanced age and shit like that, but I think he's floated the majority of his career off bells and whistles. And uh, Kasai has just done legitimately the craziest shit on the planet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Um, DCW Bloodsport, uh, Barnett, Frank Muir, uh, Suzuki. Yeah, I mean, they're doing crazy shit. Um, GCW, like I said, I, I can't not... Despite having issues with the ownership, uh, I can't not give them credit for what they're doing. They're absolutely killing it. I mean, they're just they're they're putting out the best uh, indie product for my taste. Definitely for my taste. If the uh, I'm guessing they're doing like an eye pay per view thing. If they are, I, I plan on watching that shit live. If I'm not able to, I'll I'll find a way to get it the next day or two. But I'll definitely be reviewing the uh, Jun Kasai show. The They said it couldn't be done. We're not messing with CZW. Just couldn't think of another name show. Uh, why do I think they didn't choose Marcus Crane? Um, I don't fucking know. Um, I know there was a lot of specifics as far as um, them getting Kasai in. Um, maybe, maybe it is like, a, hey, fucking Cologne wrestle two of our Japanese guys, they report back, this guy's fucking crazy, he's safe, you know, he's this or that, which safe is a silly word for him, but, uh, you know, as far as, like, not injuring his opponent, uh, we'll give it, we'll give him that, you know, right, I don't, I don't think he's been dangerous in, in ring, you know, with the, uh, the people he's supposed to, um, wrestle, 
um, I, I I think maybe that I I think maybe that's it. Rikasai wasn't just down to wrestle whoever you put in front of him, and and it became a well, you know, I I got a a list of references, and uh, you know, Cologne's wrestled this guy and he's wrestled that guy. Things went well. Uh, no bad stories coming back from them. So maybe that's it. I don't know. I I mean, I could only speculate. Um, as far as who deserved it within GCW, yeah, Marcus Crane, a hundred percent. Um. I mean, I think overall, I think you get a better match out of Alex Cologne. Alex Cologne's definitely a better wrestler than Marcus Crane. Marcus Crane's crazier, but I, you know, I mean, if because I could wrestle, so if we're gonna really mix in, you know, some fast moving shit, I don't know, you know, exactly how fast because I could still move, but um, this is this is definitely gonna um, put him up too. Like, all right fucking you move as fast as you can and and cologne's gonna be right with you you know um cologne is going to try to die in that fucking match um i mean 100 percent, he's had like very very risky dangerous bleeding too much kind of shit go on um multiple occasions i i would say like if we're gonna criticize him for not being safe in ring it's with himself it's not with his opponent um, because he, he had like what seemed like a, a fucking gunshot wound in his back. The, the tournament of death that, uh, you know, I had my interaction with him um, because he came back like a minute later, like fucking way more of a medical issue than I was, um, you know? And then uh, he had another one. It was like a, I think he cut his head or some shit. He, he was fucked up a couple times at GCW where they really had to like tape that shit and keep it going. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, that's all I can guess. Uh, Josh Crane going on the UK tour, um, by UK tour, he's flying himself to, uh, the UK and, um, trying to hope that someone books him while he's over there, which is not a UK tour. That's a guy um, flying himself to another country like DJ Hyde. Um, But at least DJ, like, uh, politics himself on the cards before he fucking books his flight. But this is just Josh Crane doing what he wants with his money. Um, I can, again, I mean, it's like beating a dead horse. Because, look, I do not believe by any stretch of the imagination Josh Crane will ever give me money. But I can very easily show anybody who would like to see it screenshots of him saying that he will give all his future proceeds from his shirt business and his wrestling business to me until I'm, I'm paid. Yeah. The, the 200 he owes me, he will, he will do none of those things because he's a fake pigeon shaped clown who will continue to tell you online how hard he works and still look like a fucking, a human pair. So, um, you know, I, I wish him no luck. I hope his plane goes directly into the fucking ocean. And uh yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh that's pretty much it. So there's uh Crane taking the tour of Europe. Um uh, Carnage Cup has been cancelled this year, nine months in advance. Who gives a fuck? Um Carnage Cup has always been well not always been, but definitely within the past handful of years 
has been a complete risk to deathmatch wrestling as a whole. Because, um, I mean, the, some of the silly shit they're doing in the ring, and I know, look, you can look at some of the shit the GCW's doing in the ring, the pigeon spikes and shit like that, that that definitely puts deathmatch wrestling at risk. Um, because, you know, you get an actual death in a ring in the U.S., I, I don't think it's going to be that easy to allow for lawmakers to, to keep their hands off of it, you know? Right now, it's still kind of like a little secret because you get your couple hundred fans, a thousand fans in the building, whatever it is, you got distribution, you got all of that shit. But like the people who aren't interested in it know much about it. Um, or at least they're, they're turning their head, you know, people are going to be really, really fucking riled up and, and forcing them to look at it. Like the David Arquette was another one of those huge risks of deathmatch wrestling. Cause you know, you hit that fucking guy, in his jugular and it's, 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 it's major fucking news. Like it's, it's not, it's not like, ah, yeah, it happens. Like it, it happens to fucking guys that the government's not fucking looking at, you know, the, the Nick Gage is Nick Gage almost dies, you know, with the fucking or dies, whatever you want to call it. And with the helicopter shit, a tournament of death. I mean, yeah, super scary, all of that shit. But like, fucking go ask uh your average person who nick gage is they still don't know the guy died and came back and all that shit and nobody still knows like mainstream random non-wrestling fans generally don't know who the fuck nick gage is but david arquette's been around enough where like that that's a fucking name you know some shit happens to him as it but anyway um carnage cup yeah like they had fucking Fans drinking hard liquor in the middle of the fucking summer. No guardrails, sitting ringside, just fucking banging hard liquor out of the fucking bottle or a flask or whatever the fuck they had. And then being like, hey guys, we need a little fucking help stringing this razor wire up around the ring. Anyone want to give us a hand? And then you're allowing these motherfuckers to put their bottle or whatever sh- fuck down. And grab with their fucking hands razor wire... And start stringing it up. Like, these people are fucking stupid. So, um, I, good. I, I hope Carnage Cup never runs again. Ever. Um, and Kevin Brennan is like fucking, uh, an alleged clan member. So he can go fuck himself too. Um, Miedo and Ciclope main evented AAA don't seem to be returning. Uh, yeah, man. Good for them. Main eventing AAA. I mean, it, it's great to see fucking guys that, you know, murder it in fucking deathmatch wrestling and then just do some other mainstream shit. Like it's nothing like those guys could wrestle their ass off. So, um, yeah, good for them. Uh, Mance Warner signs with MLW. Good. I mean, the guy's got a lot of charisma, got a lot of eyeballs on him. Um, yeah, he's got the CCW title now and all that shit. And again, like these, these contracts aren't exclusive, but we will see how much they're being encouraged to do outside of there. If they're being used on a regular basis and it's like, yeah, I got a fucking, uh, you know, fans bring the weapon fucking bundles of light tube death match next weekend. They might go, eh. If you show up, like, fucking fresh wounds all over you and it didn't come from the guy you wrestled on our television show last week, kind of looks crazy. You know what I mean? Because then when they have legitimate storylines, you're going to have to start writing in, like, oh, yeah, like, that dude was in a car accident last week or so. Because 
had nothing to do with the guy he wrestled, but uh, boy, he scarred the fuck up. Like, man, that shit looks brand new. Like, mm, you know, I I think it's going to shake a little bit up here and there. It's going to limit guys a little bit. I feel like it has to. If it if the company's successful, they're rolling, and they're using these guys consistently, I feel like it has to. Again, I don't know if the game plan has any, you know, week-to-week thing. I don't know if they do some old TNA shit, and they tape, you know, a month and a half worth of shit within one week or two weeks. Um, I don't really know their game plan. So maybe it does leave a little leeway for them to do whatever the fuck they want for three, four weeks and then come back and tape a bunch of shit again. I I really don't know the game plan. Um, PWG doesn't sell out for the first time in 15 plus years. That's crazy. I mean, um, it's crazy that they've gone that long and continued to switch gears you know, and went from this guy went to the WWE that was on our main event. Okay, next up, next up, next up. And they just don't seem to lose momentum. Uh, PWG, I haven't heard as much about um, in the past, I don't know, six months to a year. Haven't heard their name brought up quite as much. Um, and uh, I don't know if that's for good reason or if it's just because uh, there's been just so much, you know, AEW surfaced. Um, which, you know, let's, let's not call it AEW yet. I mean, obviously it is now, but I'm, I'm more talking about like the all in thing that, that became a big thing. Um, you know, I wouldn't say CCW is doing anything big. GCW has been very, you know, widespread doing a bunch of things all over the place. Um, there's a bunch of companies that have turned it up quite a bit. Um, what is it? AEW? They're doing big shit. AIW. Um, I mean, there's a bunch out there that are doing big things that were uh, are now comparable to some of the stuff that only PWG was doing for a while. For a while, PWG was the place for your super cards. And there became more and more other companies that saw their formula and said, yeah, fucking, we could put out a shitload of money on this show and, you know, people are going to talk and some companies are doing that successfully and others not so much. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I think I would definitely not count PWG out. They've been murdering it for a long time. They've been definitely uh, putting on blockbuster shows. They've had people in Hollywood that know and get tickets and show up. You know, Rhonda showed up at a PWG show long before she showed up in the uh, WWE ring. So, uh, you know, you never know. There's a lot of people that showed up over there just to see it because it was so big and buzz and buzz went on. And I think the dust is going to have to settle with, um, let's just see, you know, when we get through WrestleMania weekend right around the corner from now, I think May isn't May the AEW launch. Once we see what that is, we'll see how the dust settles. Uh, when the fuck do they even do Bola? Let's see what the buzz is like going into the next Bola. I think that's fair enough to really gauge exactly where PWG is to before we call it a sinking ship. Let's let's really see what they do to turn up. And Bola is kind of the measuring stick. It's been like the tournament for a while. And it was star-studded this past year. I haven't watched it in a few years, but I didn't hear anybody saying it was trash. I, I don't even remember who won it. But, um, yeah, so I, I would hold on till then. 
and just see what they put out. I mean, if you look at that card and it pales in comparison to everything you know about Bola, then then I'd you know panic a little bit if you panic about wrestling companies. Um, NJPW talent can't get visas due to government shutdown, so the fans get screwed on talent. Yeah, I mean, card subject to change, right, guys? And uh, I mean, if you're flying in a fucking roster, I mean, shit is bound to happen. So, I guess that is what it is. Um, you generally don't have to fly over like your whole fucking locker room, especially from like another country. So it's a big risky move. And I guess, you know, the fans are getting beat or something. I don't, I don't know complete specifics on it, but I mean, what can you do? Um, so that was like last week's stuff. Uh, AEW is signing Pentagon, Jericho, Phoenix, um, most likely Omega, Cody Bucks, Hangman Page, you know, MJF and Jungle Boy. Um, yeah, uh, this is what I'm saying. Like they're they're doing some pretty big shit. Um and uh yeah, they have some things laid laid down for them to do some you know, major shit that gives you another alternative. Um there's interest in stealing Brock, AJ Styles, Nakamura, New Day and others. Um I can't see Brock doing anything long-term with them. The amount of money that Brock absorbs, and and he likes doing what he's doing in WWE, and he can show up four times a year, and that's it. And he gets paid an insane amount of money. I mean, are they going to, I'd imagine they could pay him an insane amount of money if they want to, and he could show up four times a year. But is that worth it to their product? I mean, is that, that would really, it would put, it would put the pressure on Brock to either step up to the point where you're like, holy shit, I haven't seen a Brock Lesnar match like this in a long fucking time. Or it would kind of show a sign of a little bit of that TV style wrestling that, that maybe isn't a great sign of a direction they would go because it's paying a lot for a little which is something Vince is very comfortable with doing, but Vince is also very like, fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to keep doing what I want to do, whether you like it or not, because he has enough of an audience, you know, to balance it out. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it, it That Brock signing, I think, would be pretty telling. But again, you'd have to see the performance to really see whether it was worth it, what kind of shit they worked out. I mean, as a one-time deal, if you got like a hell of a role with a, with a champion and then you want to bring Brock in as a challenger, you know, to put, put the champ over, I mean, that would be a great idea. I just don't know about long-term because uh, Vince can't get him up there on a regular basis. I don't know about AEW. Um, AJ Styles would surprise me a lot. I feel like AJ has done tremendous things in the WWE. He's gotten a shitload of TV time, main evented all over the fucking place. It would surprise me a lot. I know he's really cool with those guys, but it would surprise me a hell of a lot. AJ worked so fucking hard and so long. Like it it was, it took way, way longer than it should have for AJ Styles to become a WWE superstar. And he's finally got it. And he's, he's been locked in for a minute being considered a very big deal and one of the main players in that company. So for him to go from that to, Oh, Vince, I'm leaving for somebody else. I mean, that might burn his fucking bridge there. Um, who knows? Who knows? I mean, 
I, I'd, I'd be surprised on that one. Nakamura, Nakamura supposedly wants to leave and all of that type of shit. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. Again, I'd be surprised um, if he didn't go back to Japan in some way, shape, or form. Um, I, I could see staying in the States for the WWE. I can't see staying in the States for AEW. AEW is not established enough for me to really say, like, yeah, these guys should marry themselves to this shit right away. Sure, there's high hopes. Sure, there's money. Sure, there's a lot of backing and... and um potential but until it really reaches some form of pinnacle how can we really say that yeah this this guy should leave the biggest company in the world and immediately lock down with those guys like eh, i don't know um where the fuck did i go um let me see so yeah that's um Well, I still got some more shit. Um, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose announcing he's leaving after Mania. WWE announces this and this. Um, I, I think it's a work. Um, reason I think it's a work is WWE never announces well ahead of time that a guy is leaving. I just, I don't buy it. Um, I just don't buy it. But, Dean Ambrose is another guy who worked really hard, took a really long time to get there. And, um, you know, I think he could survive outside of there. Sure. I, I think he's probably made more money than he even needs at this point. But I, I can't see, again, he's another guy who's main evented. He, he's he's done a ton for the WWE. There's definitely a point where he could just fucking walk away. Like, okay, I got enough money. I'm all good. Um, as far as him going to GCW versus Gage or anything, I think it'd be silly. I think it'd be completely silly. Um, I could see him making that easy interview money. You know, if he comes out of there, you're getting an RF shoot out of there. I, I guarantee I would bet money he does an RF shoot because it's, it's easy fucking money. It's easy money to sit down and be like, yeah, this guy, this guy that guy this was fun that shit hurt you know he's a pretty open dude that way so i don't think he's gonna be like oh no i'm not saying anything like he he cut a pretty pretty big check to sit around and talk um dj is gonna kiss his ass at every fucking turn he can if he leaves the wwe this year he'll be in the hall of fame next year absolutely um yeah i mean i i, I wouldn't expect enormous wrestling things out of him if he leaves the WWE, but the world is his. It's, it's, it's completely a passion project at that point. It, it, it's not about money. It's not about what is future. It's going to be, what does he feel like doing? If he feels like doing a death match, he can go do a fucking death match. If he feels like doing fucking, uh, you know, DJ a favor and fucking showing up and smiling, he fucking show up and smile over there. You know, what I mean, it's it's really the ball is in his fucking hands because it's not no, nothing's required. There's nothing to be achieved anymore. He's he's fucking good. He's good. He's he's one of those indie guys that reached a higher level than you would ever imagine years ago when indie guys couldn't even get a look from the WWE. Dark match at best, and then bounced right the fuck back out of there. 
Um, Teddy Hart, Harry Smith became tag champs. Then Teddy Hart wrestled MJF for the world title on the same night. And he won that title as well. So he's getting a huge push in MLW. They drew about a thousand people. Um, yeah. I mean, they definitely, they're putting on some big shit over there. It's another one of those companies that are running super shows. Uh, low key seems to be just about exclusive there. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I'm an enormous low key fan. Um, love that dude. And, uh, you know, again, when you look at Loki and the size he is and the amount of fear that he struck into fucking hearts of, of wrestling, I guess I could just say like the wrestling world. Because when you would see Loki verse, you go, fuck. And, and I think it's hilarious when uh, people go, oh, I, I hope he gets his ass kicked. You're talking about Loki. Cut it out. I mean, it's like when people say, Tom Brady, he sucks. Like, you just, you just don't like him. Loki doesn't just get his ass kicked. That's like a, this dude's like a little fucking ninja. Yeah, I mean, like, the, he's he's been fucking people up for a long fucking time. Like, way bigger dudes than he was. Uh, yeah, he knocked damn off the fuck out. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's some real shit going on with Loki. And you get mad at him. He hits too hard. It's, it's, it's too real to him. Like, whatever. It doesn't have to be for you, but, you know, then you'll turn around and, like, love what fucking Suzuki, oh, Suzuki hits hard as fuck, like, okay, but you don't like Loki because he hits hard, so, I mean, it is what it is, everybody's got their favorites and everything else, Loki has always been fucking intense, intensity, to me, has always been my number one selling point, so I was, like, a huge fucking Loki fan, um, Again, intensity, Nick Gage was always the fucking guy, intensity-wise. He used to be more intense than he is now. Um, I know people will fucking tell me otherwise, but believe me, Nick Gage used to be a lot more intense than he is now. Um, um, who else? Offhand. I mean, Schlack is fucking intense now. That's that's another reason why I'm a huge fan of him. Um yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I don't want to, you know, narrow it down to just a few or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, intensity definitely sells to me. And uh, he, he's that. Yeah, he's, he's been a little bit of a problem here and there. Doesn't want to just job to everybody. But he takes his shit so seriously. Um, outside of, you know, that whole lay cool thing. You really haven't seen Loki break character. Where it's like, oh, he was on this show and he looked like a fucking idiot because they jobbed him out to that guy and that guy. He doesn't have a whole shitload of that on his fucking uh, resume. So I, I've always loved Loki. Um, he definitely brings a whole shitload to the table. Um, when you see Loki versus fill in the blanks, I, I think it, it makes a big fucking impact. Um, um, Frank Mir joining. Uh, GCW or GCW's Bloodsport. Yeah, I mean, they're really going to try to do some MMA shit. They got a lot of MMA guys in there. Um, so we'll see how it comes out, you know? Uh, I mean, they, they they have that weekend stacked up. You know, two two spring break shows and a Bloodsport show and all that. Uh, I'll have to figure out what I want to watch because I'm definitely not watching fucking eight shows. I, I don't want to watch really any of them, but something is going to catch my interest and I'll, I'll watch something um, for, for people who are really, really into wrestling though. That shit is an amazing weekend for you guys. Um, 
Thoughts on women's main event, women main eventing WrestleMania. It's supposed to be Ronda versus Becky. Um, I, is that really going to be like the last match of the show? Like main event, main event. Uh, fuck man. Um, good for them. I, I don't know. That's crazy. Oh, I, I wanted to comment on it. Cause somebody asked me like last week about the Ronda thing. And then I actually listened to THT when they talked about it and they, they played clips and everything. And I got to tell you, like, she might have stumbled and stammered across, like, her, her promo promo. But then as soon as she had, like, Becky out there across the fucking ring from her or, or Bailey or whoever the fuck she was talking to, she fucking smoked her on the mic. So I wouldn't, like, some people were just talking, like, yeah, she's completely trash on the mic. She's just tanked. Like, we had so much hope for her, and now she's fucking trash based on that performance on the mic. But, like, her wrestling's all right and all that. But, like, yeah, she she needs help on the mic. And it's like, well, fuck, man. Like, uh, Shaheen or Box, one of them said it best. Like, she needs someone to bounce off of, which isn't a bad thing at all. Like, not everybody cuts empty ring promos. That's That's not a necessity. You don't necessarily need to do that at all. If you did all confrontation mic work, that's that's not a bad thing at all, and she's not bad at that. She fucking roasted her. She really put it down as as someone who was dangerous and like like you know let's be real. If I really wanted to, I'll fuck you up. Yeah, you know I mean, with my bare hands, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, you know I mean, like she got at her, and I, I mean, you can't shit on that. I mean, yeah, stammered and stumbled and whatever, but like, uh, I I'd say there's maybe a quarter of the guys in the WWE that really cut good promos and girls combined if that wwe recently had nia Jax get attacked at the royal rumble by five guys seems like they're bringing intergender wrestling back into wwe to think do you think this will work in 2019 or will it offend everyone i don't even know man i don't know because fucking everybody's offended by everything and i can't fucking stand it there's no um, suspending disbelief, there's no, um, well, it's for the sake of this, it's not real, like, you just, you can't, like, comedy suddenly has to be like, well, explain your joke, like, oh, the, no, that's not going to take the fucking sting out of it, the, the, apologize for how funny that was to most people, but not us, like, oh, fuck you, I, I just don't know, I, I guess they're probably going to test the water with it, they obviously, uh, chose someone big, so they weren't going to get like the poor girl reaction just yet. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, you know, for the most part, she's definitely going to come out on top of most um, matches for a, a while. It's definitely going to be where she gets the upper hand at the end. Uh, yeah, it's, I can't see it going all out, you know, uh, Dickinson launching, launching Kimberly type shit on WWE TV. But again, that's such a great heel move. You know, it's such a great heel selling thing that the poor girl, you almost killed her. And then that sets up something else. I mean, if they maybe go the route of like, fuck it, we're the WWE, we'll do what we want to do. Uh, save your apologies for somebody else. You know, Vince is one of those people that that's, can do that and get away with it. Like he has enough money to lose a couple here, lose a couple supporters here, but maybe bring some more eyeballs back to it that walked away. I don't know. It's really tough to tell what anyone's going to do. And, and the sensitivity of uh, our society overall is just fucking sickening. 
I'm way more offended by people being offended by it than anything in general, you know? Um, nothing offends me more than the fucking outrage over everything. And that's just like, fuck, man, just go fucking kill yourself. If everything hurts you so bad emotionally, maybe it's, maybe it's it. Maybe maybe you should just wrap it up. Yeah, you know I mean, like, just fucking take it home. Um, thoughts on Priscilla Kelly uh, becoming a nasty-ass girl by gimmick. She pulled out the bloody tampon. She did that. And then this past weekend, she threw up in Eli Everfly's mouth, which made him puke. What kind of wrestling is this shit? Uh, I think that's funny. Um, yeah, it's super gross. Um, thing is, is like these these guys are running around doing these cock spots and their thumbs up each other's asses and all this other just 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 Beckham shit, you know. And if that's okay for them, then everything she's doing is completely fine. But again, it's like. On one side of the things, everyone's offended. And on the other side of things, people can go fucking wild and be like, you can't judge. You can't judge them. Like, so uh, it's just that millennial shit. It's not for me. It's not, you know, I, I wouldn't be fucking like, yeah, fucking puke in his mouth. Like, <laughs> but, but if this is what they're doing for a pop and it's fucking working, that tampon shit showed up on TMZ. Like I said before. She could have put on a fucking uh, Masawa match. That shit wouldn't have wound up on anything. You would have barely fucking heard about it. She could have pulled out the greatest women's match of all time. That bar wrestling, whatever the fuck it was. No one, no one would fucking talk about it. Uh, You would get so little fucking reaction. She did that fucking tampon spot and it's all over the place. She's doing interviews. She's selling merch. She's getting fucking way fucking backed by a bunch of people. She's getting shit on by some people, but they're still bringing her up. You know what I mean? It's, it is what it is. I I can't support what the fuck goes on in wrestling as a whole. Like that whole Jim Nasty Boy shit. I'm seeing these pictures of motherfuckers like bent over backwards and motherfuckers are like worshiping their asses. And like, how is Priscilla out of line if that shit is okay? It's just. There's so much in wrestling to me that's not okay that, like, you already have to turn your fucking, you know, head from and just be like, ah, I just got to walk away. Uh, Tell me when this shit's over. I mean, it's just there's so much uh, that shock and awe value that they're going for. It's nothing surprising. It's just like the first woman who's actually stepped outside of that box. No pun intended. And, uh, you know, really try to push the envelope and get shock value shit over, you know. So, I mean, she might up wind up uh, the Joey Ryan of uh, female wrestling. Kasai uh, versus Cologne. Am I good with the match? Why do I think Marcus didn't get the match? I just I answered that before. Went into the whole thing. Uh, Schlack versus Gage. You think Schlack's going to finally get the run with the title? I hope so. I hope this is definitely uh, the spot that he, he goes and he wins the title. Um, I think H2O just put him over for one of their titles or some kind of title. I think it was H2O, right? Um, sometimes that worries me. It's like, oh, well, he just won that title. So now GCW might not want to put him over for this. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I think it's well-deserved. Again, Schlack on top of your fucking company, um, cutting those fucking promos, drawing eyeballs to your, your product. 
Um, Gage needs a fucking rest. You know? I mean, he's got a pretty well-documented drug problem. Um, I'll just say allegedly. <laughs> so, it doesn't become a huge thing. But um, I think he's got fucking problems. And uh, he's had to, like, pull off dates or work half, half-ass half matches and apologize for some matches on, on Twitter because his knees are so banged up and shit like that. I mean, let this guy fucking rest. Train some fucking guys at the compound. You know, maybe push through this fucking WrestleMania weekend, all these big shows. And if you have enough time, you know, fucking take two months off before deathmatch season lights up and fucking, you're talking about the summer. You know, and then uh, tournament of survival and all this. I know you ain't trying to fucking take any time off. I'll die in this fucking ring. Yeah, or you'll just have shitty matches because you won't fucking take a break. You know, or or it'll be a half-assed Nick Gage because you just can't fucking go. Your knees won't let you fucking move anymore. Again, I mean, another guy. He's approaching his fucking forties. I mean, he came out of jail the first time, fucking jacked like he gave a fuck. He was just bored. He had nothing else to do. Now that he's got time. Outside of here, he ain't spending no time doing that shit. Looking like complete shit compared to what he looked like before. But again, you, you can't judge. That's body shaming. So, um, you know. But again, I, I think Schlack should should have been fucking CZW champion. CZW completely dropped the fucking ball on Schlack. And I'm going to have him on the show again very soon. Uh, I asked him a couple weeks ago. I was sick and I wasn't ready to do the show. And now I just got to get my fucking questions lined up and shit. Cause, uh, you know, I did an interview with him. So now I got to figure out, okay, what's happened since then. Let me write down this, this, and this, and this, it really shouldn't take that long, but I procrastinate on shit. I work six days a week and the podcast shit is just never my priority, especially when I don't watch fucking wrestling. So it's not even the first thing or last thing on my mind. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I think it's, it's, it's it's a great move to put him, you know, up there with the belt. You know, he's going to kill it. He's going to cut fucking insane promos to make your company look like an enormous deal. And GCW's already doing big, big things, so why not? Uh, I think it's a good idea. Um, I think that's about all I got. Josh Crane flies himself. Hit that already. Um... But check out Shaheen over there at uh, Nuclear Heat Graphics. He's killing it, doing all sorts of shit. Uh, he's doing these Muppet pieces. He's dragging his feet on the fucking third one, but it's all right because I needed, you know, another week and a half or so before I get some extra cash, and then I'll uh, I'll be ordering all three from him and uh, getting them shits printed out. And I got a spot I think I want them in my room. I already have uh, kind of a plan there. So I'm looking forward to to getting them hung up on the wall. Um, you know, he, he's doing all sorts of horror shit and some music stuff and uh, wrestling, obviously. He's killing it over there. He'll do commissions, too. So if you got some shit in mind that he, he hasn't done yet, hit him the fuck up. He could do it all. So, uh, and obviously check him out on the Hot Tag Podcast and uh, YouTube and all that shit. Um, and, um... Check out Jeremy over there. You got your five stars. And uh, he's still over there crushing it, interviewing all sorts of motherfuckers. And, uh, yeah, man, he, he's he's doing his thing. He's uh, 
He interviewed a, I think he interviewed Brett Eisen, but he's talked about the dude Brett Eisen quite a bit. Saw a couple clips and shit, and the dude seems like a fucking strong style, hard-hitting motherfucker. And then I saw, I heard Jeremy hyping it and shit, and uh, Gage versus Brett Eisen. And then uh, I saw that it that it happened. I was like, fucking just like Googling shit or looking at something, and I saw that it happened. So I wonder uh, how that match went down. So I'm, I'd imagine any minute... You'll have a full review on the, uh, I got you five stars and, uh, you know, he'll, he'll give you the full fucking rundown of that. Um, so check him out. Um, check out, um, Grizzworld on YouTube. That's my puppet page. I am, uh, I just got through the Super Bowl and Grizz's first, very first win. I, um, I bet. A hundred dollars across eight games. So I bet um, the over and the under for the Pats winning because I was not about to bet like the over and have them come in under. Like oh the team won but they didn't hit the fucking over. So I bet like thirty five dollars on the over, thirty five dollars on the under. Um, and that the, it's it was like there were parlays of. New England winning plus the over, New England winning plus the under. So it was like, you know what I mean? So you would get more than just over under. So anyway, I did that. Um, I also bet $5 on a bunch of other shit. So pretty much put 70 bucks between the two over and unders, the Pats winning, and then a bunch of $5 bets. Um, I made three $5 bets on the first touchdown scorer of the game. And uh, I had Edelman, I had Todd Gurley, and I had uh, Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle scored the only touchdown of the game. So uh, that was another, I think, 35 bucks or something like that. Um, I think the under was like 65, something like that. So, and then the other bets I made that didn't come in was if uh, Tom Brady ran in for a touchdown anytime during the game. My five dollar bet would have gave me fifty bucks. Um if Jared Goff ran in a touchdown anytime during the game, you know, quarterback sneak type shit, um, that would have been sixty five bucks for my five. So they were worth the bet, you know. But um everything in I came out with like one thirty three or something. So it was like the hundred I bet plus another thirty three bucks back. So, you know, a win's a win. I'll take it. I didn't lose anything. And uh yeah, it it was uh I had at least a little bit more excitement based on that. I absolutely love the uh betting on football this season. I lost way more than I won, but I had so much fucking fun even in, in my losses because I'd get so fucking amped up about games I didn't give a fuck about otherwise. You know what I mean? So it really kept me in the fucking game. Man, I don't follow basketball enough to be uh, betting on that shit. So I'm probably going to have a big uh, betting drought until fucking next year or something. Uh, I'll have to figure something out. You know, maybe an occasional game or something. I don't know. Maybe come to playoffs, I'll uh, bet on basketball a little bit or something. But I feel like it's too too up and down during the season. I feel like I had a way bigger on the NFL than I do on the NBA because, you know, like a fucking seven point spread in a basketball game. Like there's some shit that like 
you know, the the one team will be up 20 points and then the other team wins by 20 points. And it's like, well, that's too big of a fucking swing. And I've seen it happen quick too, like real, real quick where it's like three point game, 20 point game. Like, well, what the fuck, what just happened? They were like neck and neck all game. And then like right at the end of the game, it's like points, points, points over. Like what the fuck? So I, I think uh, basketball would be like fucking way hectic, but uh, who knows? Um, definitely not in a rush to do it, but um, so there's that. But uh, keep your eyes on that. Uh, if you guys could share that shit, help me out. Fucking like it, uh, subscribe to it. Um, troll other motherfucking puppet pages or sports pages or anything that that applies to what I'm doing over there, and just uh, you know, drop my fucking links in there and, and try to uh, kind of up my following, subscription, whatever the case is. I'm really going to try to uh, turn up my uh, my my puppet stuff. They may not be, you know, super long videos, but I'm trying to, I'm going to try to increase content. I'm going to try to put a lot more on there. I'm going to try to uh, better my skills as a puppeteer. Um, try a few things I haven't done yet, a little bit more movement, um, maybe some different angles and things like that. Um if anyone has any ideas, fucking throw them my way. It couldn't hurt. Um, I'm definitely going to do uh, post-Super Bowl videos with three of my puppets. Um, you saw a glimpse of anyone who's been watching the videos. You saw a glimpse of Artie happened to win all of Grizz's money through the season. And uh, so I'll give you a little bit more of him. Um, and uh, Luna, I haven't debuted or figured out exactly how to debut her just yet. And, uh, I'll, I'll do that soon enough, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to try to, you know, get some more shit going with them and, uh, just find different angles and storylines and things to do. Obviously this whole football season has created a little bit of a storyline between, uh, Grizz losing his fucking money and Taj, uh, misleading him into these fucking bets and already winning all the fucking money. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it is what it is there. Um, I think that's about all I got. Um, what the fuck else? Gotham has been absolute fucking fire. Um, check that shit the fuck out, man. They, um, they took, uh, I think they took this coming week off, like this Thursday. It's not on, but it, it, it's got like five episodes left and in the whole fucking series. And it is just off the fucking chain, the shit they're doing. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. Cause I really do want you to guys to go back. And watch this fucking season. If you haven't seen the whole series, fucking binge the shit out of that. I think that's what people do these days. Binge that motherfucker, and uh, you'll fucking love it. I mean, if you're able to to um, suspend disbelief, fucking throw out the window all the uh, Batman origins and all the you know things you know about Batman history and the villains history and just fucking go with it. The twists and turns that this show takes throughout is, is just fucking bananas. Also, uh, I watched the Titan games. Uh, that's the, the rocks fucking, uh, physical challenge show. I guess you'd call it. I, I don't even know how to say it. It's, it's, it's not like, you know, some people are looking at it as, Oh, it's like another Ninja warrior and shit. This shit's got so much more like power shit. Uh, they had Robbie E on there. He failed. Like he, he got knocked right the fuck out of there. Cause he just wasn't strong enough. That's what I'm saying. Like you can go on there in some pretty good fucking shape. Cause when I see these physical challenges, my first thought is, can I do this? And, uh, 
I I could see some of the numbers they're hitting weight wise. That's like you really really need to be you know in, insanely strong if you're gonna survive in this. Um, because I mean it, some of the weights are just fucking crazy. Yeah. And um, yeah, but but check it out because I I think it's fucking a lot of fun, and um, it's got a couple different elements of just like some dope dope shit, really fucking strong physical shit. And uh, I, I like it a lot. Um, and then I started thinking because, you know, I, I like these physical type shows. Um, I want to find fucking DVDs or Blu-ray or whatever of fucking Battle Dome. Anybody who hadn't seen this, go back and look up Battle Dome. Battle Dome was, I think it was on for like fucking year and a half or some shit like that. I looked it up and I, I I had in my head like the years it was on and everything, but I, I completely forgot already. Um, I think they did something like 30 episodes total. But the shit had fucking Terry Crews in there as one of like the gladiators. So like picture like American Gladiators, if you haven't seen what I'm talking about. Like American Gladiators, but one of the gladiators was fucking Terry Crews. Um, and they had like wrestler gimmicks. So they had like Terry Crews was like the baller fucking open uh suit jacket with fucking chains all over him and like a posse um mike uh odell was uh michael hearn he's like a legendary fucking bodybuilder he was like a like a roman uh i don't know like roman fucking athlete or whatever the fuck he had the robes and shit and had the fucking, you know, the, the, the blonde chicks around him and all that. They had like a, a Jamaican guy, Kuda. And they, so, so with all that presented, right, they had the little wrestler gimmicks and like these challenges. People were getting fucked the fuck up. They kept having to like alter these fucking like uh, obstacle gimmicks and these, these uh, challenges because people were getting fucked up. They had one with a ring, like a big metal ring. That would just like go around in a circle in this this area, and you had to dive through the fucking ring with one of these motherfuckers, like like fucking Terry Crews trying to fucking tackle you, like fucking straight up. So motherfuckers were misjudging. They're watching the fucking gladiator dude. They're misjudging a little bit and hitting that fucking metal ring and shit was just like opening people's faces up, like knotting people to fuck up, carted off, can't continue, all sorts of shit. They had, like, a big spinning fucking column thing that you had to throw the fucking gladiator off the top of the shit to fucking win it. People were snapping their fucking legs, ankles, all over the fucking place. This shit was crazy as hell, man. Like, crazy. Like, I I, I wish... I I like all that athletic shit, so I always wish for one of those shows to return and, and be around. And But that that was one of those that... I want to go back and watch again because it's been enough years that it, it would be pretty much brand new. I'd probably remember a couple things here and there, but um, it, it, I think it'd be pretty much brand new to me at this point because uh, fuck, man. I, I watched all the episodes, but I remember like the impact on a lot of this shit was just crazy. But yeah, that that's all I got there. Uh, shout out to fucking Captain Dave again, man. Uh, support that fucking dude. He's supporting you. All the wrestlers, if anybody out there would work that shindy fucking show, make it fucking clear to them. They're done. They're fucking done. 
You get your little bum-ass fucking students don't know how to fucking work. Anybody else who's fucking even owns gear, tell that motherfucker to fuck himself. Tell him you don't, you don't have a company anymore because no one's showing up. Better wrestle your asshole friend over there that, that thought that shit was funny. Yeah, I mean, so that's about all I got. Um, hit me up with all the fucking topics next week. I got to get my shit together. Get this Slack interview off the fucking ground. Besides that, um, yeah, yeah, just go there. I didn't even take a break there. Did I? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, all right. I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, you're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. What I make you good? Black cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that part. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Cusa Kiss Radio. Jesus! So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools.